Well, good morning. Good morning. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, good afternoon. Someone say good afternoon. It is indeed. Sorry. Good afternoon. Thank you. Wonderful to see you all here. Um, why don't we pray? We've got a lot to get through, and let's get straight into it. Lord, I want to thank you <clears throat> for this time with you. Thank you that you are with us this morning. Thank you that you are a good, good father. That's who you are, as we've been singing these past few weeks. And Lord, in many ways, that is the anthem of this series that we're in about the blessing. You bless us. Why? Because you're a good, good father. That's who you are. And we are loved by you. Why? Because that's who we are. We're your children. And we want to thank you for that. And this morning, Lord, as we continue in this series of the blessing, I do pray that you would open our eyes afresh to see what you have for us. Prepare our hearts to hear your word. Life-transforming word that it is. And Lord, I do ask that you anoint me afresh to preach your word. In your name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Well, as I mentioned in the prayer, <clears throat> excuse me, we are in the middle of a five-week series entitled The Blessing. And a couple of weeks ago, Chris kicked that off for us and really looked at two key points around the blessing. The first is that it is imparted to us as it is spoken over us. That a blessing is imparted. But here's the thing. The second thing is, is that it is activated by our faith. We need to have faith that it applies to us. Otherwise, it just falls away. We don't grab hold onto it and say, yes, Lord, that's for me. I want that blessing. And by the way, it honors God when you claim his blessings because it says, yes, I recognize that you're a good, good father. And then last week, Richard did a fantastic job looking at two Ps, looking at position and looking at purpose. The fact that it is because of our position in Christ, i.e. that we have died with him and risen anew as a new creation, that those blessings are available to us in order that we can be a blessing to others and for fulfill his purpose. Is that right, Richard? Did I get that right? Oh, good job. Wonderful. <clears throat> and then on the back of that great preach, Richard challenged us with a question. Who recalls it? He said, in light of the fact that we are blessed, in which way are you going to be a blessing to others? In which way are you going to fulfill your purpose? And I was very moved, and I'm sure many of you were also, as Richard did an awesome job of vividly painting that picture of need outside the four walls of this church, and by the way, indeed, inside this church also. The single mothers who are raising their children, the poor in our community, the disenfranchised, the 20s and 30s that are looking for a cause to live for, something greater than themselves, that they feel disconnected, and many, many others out there that are needing us to bless them. And I don't know about you, but here's the question. What is our response when we hear that challenge? Well, I think in our best days, we want our response to be, yes, let's go. Yeah. But, there's a but. Hand on heart, I tell you how I feel sometimes. I don't get there very quickly because sometimes I feel overwhelmed. Oh, the need is so big. How on earth can I even make a start? <clears throat> what about insignificance? Well, little old me, I can't do it. Bob over there, he can do it. 
Jenna over there, she can do it. Someone else can do it, but not me. What about this one? My life is pretty good, thank you very much. Don't want to go outside my comfort zone. I tell you, I've been there. I'll put my hand up. I don't want to rock the boat. It's just going nicely after all this time. I don't want my life to get messy. You're looking at me, blank faces. Clearly, I'm the only one that feels those things. (laughs) You're all very holy people. You don't need this message, obviously. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. I don't want to beat us up about feeling this. It's not a question of whether we're going to feel this, because in our human nature, we will. The question is whether you stay in that place. Or whether you move from that place quickly to the yes, let's go. That's the point. And so this morning, what I want to do is address these feelings. And help us think about moving out of that place into that place of let's go. And the way in which I want to do that is by posing another question. Here's the question. How does the blessings of God mean that we can be a blessing to others? Now notice a slight difference in question. Richard's was, in which way can we be a blessing? My question is, how does the blessing, in other words, how is it that the blessing of God enables me to bless others? And you see, here's the thing. Because we don't fully understand the how question, and we can't answer that, that is why we get lost. We understand our position in Christ and that we're blessed, and we can see the purpose, but we make that step and we're like, well, what happens next? The the feeling of of insignificance comes, the feeling of fear comes, all these things, and we just feel like we can't move. And you see, there is another side to the coin of position and purpose that answers the how question. In fact, more specifically and accurately, there are two important dynamics which link position and purpose. And they are called provision and potential. Provision and potential. So let me give you the punchline up front, and then we're going to work and unpack it together. Here it is. Your position makes available God's provision. Right? His abundant blessings are available to us because of the fact that we are in Christ. We got that bit. Your provision gives you everything you need in order to walk in your God given potential, right? And when you realize your potential, you'll fulfill your purpose. Do you see that? Position leads to provision, provision gives you everything you need to walk in your God given potential. And when you do that, you fulfill God's purpose to bless others. And that is what we're going to unpack together. Because the problem is, you see, we get to position and we get lost in the middle. And we don't understand what provision is there for. We don't understand what potential is and how they're linked. And we never really, in many cases, fully realize our purpose. And what I want us to do is to look at the blessing that God gave Abraham in Genesis 12. You know, we've been looking at the blessing in number six. Now, the Lord's face will shine upon us and be gracious towards us. That is rooted in the Genesis 12 blessing. So, would you like to turn there now with me? Genesis 12, verse 1. Uh, We're going to have it on the screen also. And let's read this together. Verse 1. The Lord had said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household, 
to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Will be blessed through you. So let us look at the first of our P's, provision. Now, you may rightfully say to me, well, Mark, I cannot see the word provision in this. Actually, that's a fair point. But, you know, oftentimes in Scripture, you need to dig a little bit deeper. And that's what we're going to do together because it is hidden in plain sight. And the way in which we're going to uncover it is we need to understand the reason why God gave Abraham a blessing. What do I mean by that? Well, why couldn't have Abraham just woken up one day and walk in the blessing? Ever thought that? Why is it did God need to impart that blessing? And the way in which we can understand that is we need to understand the wider meta-narrative or the overarching story of redemption as we see it from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. So why don't we go on that journey? Come with me back to Genesis 1, only 11 chapters before. And what do we see? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it was perfect. It was good. And what we see is this place called the Garden of Eden. What was that place? It was a place of abundant provision. Adam and Eve had everything they needed to, to walk in their potential. You know, we read that God says to them, subdue creation and rule over it. He didn't mean with an iron fist, by the way as we often think when we hear the word rule. He meant creatively develop this place that I have given you. Subdue it to create something wonderful. In other words, take this provision and walk in the God-given potential in you to fulfill that purpose. And there's a lovely story of Adam naming the animals. I love this story. The thing is, we kind of read it so quickly, we don't realize there's some real golden nuggets of wisdom in there. What happened with that story? Because of this abundant provision, God gave the animals to Adam and said, Adam, name these animals. And what did he do? He named these animals. The provision of the animals enabled Adam to walk in the God-given potential of creativity in order to fulfill the purpose of naming the animals, right? Now, think about it. If there were no animals, if there was no provision, Adam and Eve would just stay there and never realize that potential in him, you see? The importance of provision. And I'm sure if uh, things had gone well, we would have read many other wonderful exploits of Adam and Eve, using that provision to walk in that potential. But as we know, only two chapters later, something goes wrong. That time is cut short. What happens? Genesis 3, they're tempted to eat the apple and disobey God. And as soon as they did, Sin came rushing into the world. There was a barrier between God and man. And what happened? They were booted out of the Garden of Eden. They went from a place of abundant provision to a place of lack. That was the result of broken covenant relationship with God. It says, Genesis 3, verse 17, Cursed is the ground because of you. That's the fruit of sin. Through painful toil, you will eat from it. Goodbye, abundant provision. Hallow lack. And so the importance, this goes back to that question, why the blessing? The importance of the blessing over Abraham and Israel 
was so that that abundant provision would be restored. Yeah? He was going to create a people who would have covenantal relationship with him in order that he could restore abundant provision. How do we know this? How was it restored? Verse 1. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household. Here we go. To the land I will show you. To the land I will show you. Why go, by the way? Why didn't God just say, and I'm going to bless you, and you will be great? Why was it contingent on them going to a place? Why? Because he had prepared a place of provision for them. You know, we read the story of Israel. Abraham says, okay, I'm off. Wanders through, finds Canaan and the promised land, but it wasn't the right time. There wasn't enough of them yet to take that land. So part of God's plan was they would grow as a nation, and we see them growing in slavery. But at this time, God says, now is the time. And he says to Moses at the burning bush, Exodus 33, verse 3, he says this. He reminds Israel about the promise. He says, now's the time to go to that good and spacious land. Ready for this? A land flowing with milk and honey. A place of abundant provision. In other words, the reverse of what happened to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve had been booted out because of sin. God was promising restoration to Israel if they moved in covenantal relationship. And here's the thing I want us to remember and, and, and think through, is that right relationship with God leads to blessings. It's not that God said, now I want to bless them because I feel sorry for them, so I'll set up this thing called covenantal relationship in order to do that. The wrong way around. Right relationship with God will always lead to blessings. It's that way around. God is calling each one of us because he loves us. And the good news is blessings flow from that. Here's the thing, you know, when I read the story of land of milk and honey, I often think, ah, oh, God pre- prepared a place of, of indulgence. Give them a holiday. You know, they've had a hard time in Egypt. They need a break. They need to sip some, some tequilas. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know, it's not in the Bible, I apologize, but you know the point. Use some honey on the toast because that's lovely. Mm. <clears throat> and they're going to have a great time. Guys, let me tell you, that was not the reason. That was not the reason for God's abundant provision. What was the main reason? Well, the answer is in the very next verse. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. And you will be a blessing to others. There it is. That was the reason for God's abundant provision. God's provision for us is in order that we can bless others by walking in our potential that God has given us in order to fulfill his purpose. Do you see that? Exciting, isn't it? And you know, here's the exciting, even more exciting. This blessing of greatness is available for us. Well, how is that? Well, you know, Chris, in his first talk, looked at Galatians 3, verse 29. It says this, if you belong to Christ... Then here's the good news. You are Abraham's seed and therefore heirs according to the promise. This blessing, just because it's in Genesis 12, doesn't mean it's not available to you. Indeed, it means it is for you. And why is that? Because Jesus has secured it for us. You know, we can never live up to the law. We can never live up to the covenantal requirements. But there was one man that did, Jesus. He did. And so when he died on the cross, there was a divine exchange Our sin was put on him, but his righteousness was given to us. 
And so that's what it means when it says Jesus fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law for us so that we can have right relationship with God. Isn't that exciting news? Wow. I could just stay there. That's awesome. But I should move on. And so here's the question then. If it is available for us, what does this provision look like for us? Well, think about it. People, peace, protection, time, energy, resources, money. These are God's provision. People. Let me just touch on a few of these. People. You know, my wife and I celebrated 11 years of marriage on Friday. Woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And here's the truth of it. If it wasn't for her, I would never have moved in my greatest exploits these past 11 years. Because she gave me encouragement and affirmation and helped me. She had wisdom. She has wisdom. I'm glad she's not here. She's here on the first service. They're not here. And I'm sure you know there are people in your life that provide that. You know, why am I here walking in the potential to preach? It's because of people. It's because of Chris and Fliss. They gave me the opportunity, gave me encouragement, affirmation, guidance. Thank you. People have put, God has put people in your life. That's God's provision. What else can we see? Resources, you know, last year I was at Feed, and a guy came in and said, you know what, I don't have much money to give, but God has blessed me with a great harvest of potatoes. And I just, I'm able to, with this provision of soil and land, I'm able to grow these potatoes, and I want to bless others with it. You see, you don't need money. It's actually all around us, the materials around us. What has God put in your life? What about money? You know, I don't want to stay here too long. We often get hooked up on money, don't we? But let me just say this. It's not about how much. It's about the sacrifice. It's about the sacrifice. You know, it's often been said you can tell the priorities of someone's life by looking at their bank balance. Ouch. It's true, though. And, you know, we've been on this journey of extending our tents. And as Richard said, we've acquired the building next door. But we're in phase two, kitchen it out, turning a place to a space where Jesus can be worshipped and where he can reign and that takes sacrifice and bless you guys we've, we've got over 250,000 just for this phase why because of sacrificial giving well done but there's more and what about time you know feed willing cooks kids and youth alpha these opportunities to serve in these ministries are not because we say well we need people to do stuff that's not the reason this body this fellowship is about how we can bless others that's why people serve And let me challenge you. If you're not serving, why? Sorry. But just think about it. Okay, there's eight services a month, right? Maybe just one of those out of eight, you could serve others. Take that provision of time that you have so that you can walk in your potential to bless others. You you might be a fantastic kid's youth and you don't realize it yet, but God's put that in you. You might be the... Such a hospitable person that just makes people glow when you say hello, and yet you're not serving the welcome team. Why? That provision of time gives you an opportunity to walk in that potential that God's given given you so that you can fulfill God's purpose to bless others. That's the importance of fellowship. That's the importance of serving. What else can we learn from verse 2 then as we seek God for provision? Well, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, that God said, go, it's Abraham. Provision is about being in the right place at the right time. The world would call this luck. We call it the leading of God. You know, last week Richard 
said, you know, I often get people come up to me and say, good news, I've got a, I've got a job offer, but I like my job, which one should I take? And Richard said, first thing, bless you, well done. You're being affirmed. Second thing is you're wrong, asking the wrong question. The question should be, where, Lord, do you want to place me so I can bless others? It's about going from where you are and, and listening. You know, 11 years ago, Steph and I got married, as I said, and a year later, God said, I want you two to go to Australia, to Sydney. I'm going to prepare a way, and he did. And that was a place of abundant provision for us so that we could walk in our potential to bless others. And in three years, he called us back. So listen, God might be calling you. What else does God say to Abraham? He says this, leave your people in your father's household. Oftentimes, it means we need to leave relationships behind. Relationships that are destructive, that don't bring out the best in us. Things that are inhibiting God's blessing. Because he wants to bless you, but not in an environment where it's going to do you damage. It's a challenge for you guys. If you've got wrong relationships, be prayerful about whether God's calling you away from those. Or behavior, habitual habits that are, are not helpful. That if God blessed you with a bad amount of time and money and resources, you, you know, you just end up feeding maybe an addiction to alcohol or other things. Or thought life. Well, I'm never very good. I'm no good. Negativity. God wants to say, leave that behind. I've got so much more for you. And finally it says, and I will show you. God will lead you. God will lead you. But that requires us to have faith to call out to him. God, where do you want me? Where are you positioning me for abundant provision? And lastly, it means we need to listen. I don't know about you, but my weakness in life is I ask questions and I speak lots. <laughs> yes, you do. But I don't listen. We need to listen to what God says. Okay, we've got provision. Wonderful. Let's move on to the next P. And the P is potential. And let me just stay, say from the outset, God has put potential in each one of us. God has put potential in each one of you. And for some of you, that might be a bit of a light bulb moment because you've been living your life thinking you have no potential. But let me tell you, God has put potential in you and you and you. How do I know this? Okay, this is my definition of potential. Are you ready? It is the ability for mankind to express the image of God in us. Potential is the ability for mankind to express the image of God in us. What do I mean by image of God? We know in Genesis 1.27, God created mankind in the image of God. The ability to create, to redeem, to have compassion on people, to love. These are giftings. This is potential. It's the image of God in us. You know, the ability to take ingredients and create such beautiful food, or the ability to take paint and a blank canvas and create wonderful pictures. The ability to write beautiful music that stirs the soul. The ability to look at data and garner insights and create wonderful processes and flows. This is the image of God in us. And that is why God has put potential in each one of you. And you know, for some of us, we may not be able to articulate what that potential is. But I would say it often presents itself in a general sense. You know, we have a feeling that we want our life to matter. That we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. That we want to be caught up in some great quest, as Richard talked about last week. And in our best days, we feel like we want to be significant. Dare I say it, 
that we want to be great. You know, I'm not talking about success in the world's eyes, where they value fame and fortune as the barometer of success. No, I'm talking about a God-given call to significance, to be life changers, world changers. Do you feel it? Is it in there? And let me say, it's more than just a feeling. Here's the thing. It's who we really are. In those moments of clarity, it's as if we really see who we were created to be. That we've been created in the image of God, and therefore we cannot help but be, be great to reflect our Father's glory. God has put that in each one of you. That is who you are. You know, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I had a conversation with a young man. He said to me, you know what, Mark? I just feel recently that oh, I'm called to do something great, that, that I want to be significant. And then he said, but, you know, I haven't told anyone yet. I don't want them thinking I'm proud or think I'm crazy. He was apologetic about the call. But I reflect in my life, and I've been there. I've said that. And many of you probably feel the same or have had similar conversations We've suppressed that called significance because we don't want to look proud, not realizing that that is from God. What other things do we think about when we dismiss that call to significance? You know, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve it. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. You're loved by him. You're called to greatness. You're a child of God. We will never be good enough By the way, that's why Jesus died, right? (laughs) If we were good enough, we wouldn't need Jesus. This is not a religion of works. This is a relationship with a God that's done it for us. It's about love. Amen. Or, I'm too humble. I, I couldn't think like that. That's just pride, to be honest. False humility. What about this one? But I'll fail. Fear. Fear is bondage from the enemy to stop you moving in your potential. That's what it is. Yeah. Perfect love casts out fear. That's the result of relationship with God. That fear goes. And we need to walk in boldness and say, no, 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 no. I'm not going to take that. I bind that fear in the name of Jesus. God has something great for me. He's made me a world changer. He's called me to a life of significance. What about this one? I tried once, but I was laughed at. No, I'm not doing that again. I'm protecting myself. We've been there. And you know, this morning, I get the sense that God wants to minister to that, that pain. Because we're operating out of that pain and we're not moving in what God has for us. And God wants to heal you and break the power of those words over you. You know, what is the next verse after God says, go to the land I have prepared and provided for. I will make you a great nation. You see, here's the thing, friends. The way God always intended it to be was that greatness was always a fruit of provision. The way God had intended before the fall was that greatness was always a fruit of provision. That's where it led to. But you see, sin has corrupted it. And we use provision for other things. You know, when we look at the annals of history, history judges those that were significant, and we call them great, don't we? The William Wilberforces of the world. The Florence Nightingales. What an icon of Victorian era for social justice, for that love and that compassion she had. We call them grace. 
And they moved in significance. And God wants you and you and you and you to be great. That is who you are. And as we bring this plane to land, let's go back to our friend the Israelites. What happened to them? Well, they moved into that, plan, that place of provision. They take over Canaan, and indeed it is a place of milk and honey. They have King David and King Solomon in the zenith of Israel's greatness. No one had ever been so wise. No one had ever been so great. This was a nation that indeed was great and was blessing others. What about the story of Queen of Sheba? She goes to see Solomon and says, I, I, I didn't think I could believe it, but it's true what they said. But they've only told me half of it. Look at this greatness. And when she leaves, having wisdom imparted to her in truth, she also leaves with, with gifts that Solomon had given her. See, Israel were fulfilling their purpose, but here's the thing. Uh-oh, something went wrong. They quickly took a wrong turn. What happened? They camped in provision. Provision became their destination. They stopped walking in the purpose because they got very comfortable in provision. It became their God. They broke covenantal relationship with God. They set up gods. They indulged themselves. Things even worse than the heathens around them, than the pagan religions around them. You only have to read you know, two Kings and one Chronicles and two Chronicles to see what happened. And what happened? Here's the thing. Watch this. They got booted out of the promised land. Just like Adam and Eve who had broken covenantal relationship, so Israel went into exile from abundant provision to lack to slavery. You see that? You know, we see a New Testament uh, parable about uh, provision Matthew 25, verses 14 and 30. It's called the parable of the talents, but we can equally call it the parable of provision and potential. And I don't have time to read it, to read it through, but let me just recap. Let me just talk it through with you. So there was a master. He had three servants. And he goes to the first servant and said, well, here you go, here's some money. They called it talent. Let's see what you can do with that. Second one, here's another amount. And to the third one, here's another amount. So they received provision. Now what happened? The first one took that provision, walked in his God-given potential, and created increase, right? You see the link between provision and potential? Same with the second one. What happened to the third one? Out of fear, he didn't do anything with that provision. He squandered the provision, and he squandered his potential, and he meant that he never fulfilled the purpose that the master had. And so the master comes back and says to the first servant, what have you done? Well, look. I took a provision, walked in my potential, and look what I've got here. Fantastic, be blessed, have more, he said. What about the second one? Look, I've done the same thing. Wonderful, be blessed, have more. What happened to the third one? Well, you'll have to read it to find out. But suffice it to say, it was a sad ending. And let me say, for many of us, we have buried provision in the sand. God is saying, I've got so much more for you. Yes, I want you to enjoy it. Of course, I'm a good, good father, but don't camp in it. Don't let it become your destination. It's a stepping stone towards fulfilling your potential. And let me end with this as I invite the band up. You know, it's been said that we are responsible before God as to what we make of our lives. Or more specifically, we are responsible before God 
as to what we do with his provision and our potential. Here's the thing. When I say that, it's not like we respond with indifference, really, do we? I don't really care anyway. Whatever. No, that's not really it. We know in our heart, we say, yes, I want my life to matter. Yes, I want the Father to say, well done, good and faithful steward. Just like he said in the parable. We want to, and you know what that is? That is the potential of God in you responding. That is the image of God responded in you. As once, someone once said, he's called us to be thrusted onto the stage of history to do something significant. Just like Israel, when God promised to make us great, he did so, so that we would be great and be a blessing to others. That is a promise for you. Let us stand. And I want to give us an opportunity to respond to this word. I want us to have an opportunity to respond to this call to significance. Because I suspect and I know the Holy Spirit has been working in many of your hearts. And your eyes have been opened to the opportunity. And for some of you, in fact, this truth has brought freedom because you've been operating under the lie that you have no potential. Let me tell you, you have potential. You have potential. Why? Because the image of God is in you. And God is promising abundant provision. And so I want you better respond to this. If you feel and you feel led to say, yes, Lord, that is me. I want a, a life of significance. I want you to put your hand on your heart as a symbolic act to say yes to the Lord. And I'm going to impart a blessing upon you that you will walk in significance. If that's you, if you want to walk in that, if you hear the call of greatness so that you can bless others, put your hand on your heart. Say, yes, Lord, that's me. Don't let fear stop you. Don't let the feeling of being overwhelmed stop you. Don't let that lie of insignificance stop you because you are significant. <laughs> Come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Touch your people now. Come, Lord. Wow. For some of you, your hearts are melting. The pain of those words spoken over you that you have no potential is broken in the name of Jesus. For some of you, you're getting up. Just as you stood now, you're standing up inside. Lord, thank you that your people have responded to your call. Thank you for your blessing which is available to us because Jesus died on the cross so that we can walk into your arms with boldness and confidence. Lord, we want to be a place and a people of significance. And I pray for you that the Lord would bless you. That this would be a new season of abundant provision. That God would move you to a land that is prepared for you. I speak blessing in the provision. And where there has been lack, I say no more. No more lack in every area of your life. Would this be a season that you say, yes, that's me, Lord. You receive provision. And I pray and I say over you, walk in the significance God has put in you. For these people, Lord, would you give them opportunity to take that provision and not camp in it, but use it so they can fulfill that potential. Holy Spirit, would you stir vision inside because vision comes from understanding potential. Put fresh vision. Put fresh purpose. Come, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 
Amen. And let us worship him, our good, good father.